Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Not Safe for Wonks. Here with you again, uh, and we are hiding out in our hermetically sealed antibacterial bunker studio today. Because you can get one of your own for only uh, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand uh, dollars. Use the affiliate link in the description. <laughs> I'm actually drenched in hand sanitizer. Uh, I can't breathe. My lungs are on fire. I shaved off all of the hair on my body. Uh, that wasn't related to disease prevention. I think you were just trying to be aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for telling us, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to keep you guys in the loop about uh, life events that I'm going through. But anyways, coronavirus, it's big, or is it? How much have you guys been... Yeah. I Because I have news brain, I've been reading about it. So how much have you guys heard about it? Um, all I've heard is that it's a great time for coronavirus, uh, uh, easily spread, contagious, communicable disease uh, in a country where um, everybody has to go to their job, regardless of whether they feel sick or not. Um, they're definitely going to be fucking coughing everywhere. And oh, if you're into politics, uh, you'll be going to uh, political rallies with like 10,000 people and all of you will be yelling and shit. Uh, if you're not political, you'll be going to baseball games and shit, stadiums with yeah. 50,000 people. love large events and going to them. Uh, getting nice and drunk. Uh, so we're we're just fully prepared for... Uh, and of course, baseball is filled with old people. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are going to fucking get this shit. But yeah, so it'll if, you, be... if you haven't heard the breakdowns of um, how... Breakdowns of who's dying from coronavirus or it's overwhelmingly old people. Like, if you're under yeah. 40, you have, like, a 0.2% chance of dying from it. But that's, other than that, it's just, like, a, a tough flu. But still, it's not, it's not good. This isn't a good thing that's happening. Right, I mean, because it's not a flu. And no. therefore, it's a new virus that we don't exactly know how to combat. And so mm -hmm. if it were to, you know, mutate into other forms the way that the flu has mutated into deadlier forms. Uh, and if we have no response to it, that would be bad, like very bad. Yeah. But on the other hand, the flu doesn't just mutate a extremely deadly new form every day or even every year. Right. So like exactly how much people should be panicking kind of remains to be seen until we know more, I think. I mean, like, like I, I haven't seen the analytics of our show, but like, I don't imagine any fucking boomers listen to this shit. So if you're listening, <laughs> you're probably under 40. So you're probably fine. You're probably just gonna, yeah, self-quarantine. Isolate yourself in your apartment. Fucking, I don't know. It's just, it, there, are, you know there are definitely boomers that listen to this show I know at because least two my, older because people my listen mom to listens show. to it. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Kennedy's mom, if you're listening, we're very sorry for denigrating you. <laughs> Kennedy's mom, if you're listening to this, rest in peace. We're sorry that we're going to lose you. You've had a good run. You've got a nice little child here, and they will be carrying your legacy onwards. <laughs> God damn. Brandon with the coldest takes of the day. I will remember you. Uh, my, my favorite, my favorite oh, parts yeah. of this whole virus thing isn't even the virus itself, but it's just the shit that goes on around it. Like, for example... Actually, go ahead. Uh, for example, the Trump administration might have started an outbreak in California because of just their incompetence when they they uh, against the CDC's wishes repatriated um, repatriated um, American citizens in Wuhan it was either Wuhan or the Diamond Princess which is a cruise ship that um, had an outbreak of it 
it was one of the two, and they repatriated them against the CDC's orders and then proceeded to fuck up all measures of containment with dealing with those infected people and had like um, health and human services workers uh, contact them and treat them without the proper protection equipment. And now there's a string of cases being uncovered in California, which, so, you know, that's fun. Trump administration might have directly caused caused the outbreak in California. The incompetence of the Trump it's, administration around this, this is issue so is fucking, unbelievable. Is this related to the it's dude so that was on Fox News and he was with his daughter and he was doing an interview and he's just, <laughs> yeah, I'm recovered from the virus. <laughs> I remember seeing that. It's like some They're shit both out of like drinking a... out the same fucking water yeah. bottle. Shit is wild. Yeah. It's, it's just it's... like an episode of South Park or something. Yeah. It's like if pandemic. Yeah, it's it's like absurd. if Contagion was a comedy or something. <laughs> Much I mean, of the shit that's happened during the Trump administration would be comedy if it was on Netflix or something. Yeah. It's just that we're living through it. And it's like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. And and more more news on the Trump administration's bungling of this. Trump has called the virus a hoax, a hoax being used by the Democrats to sink his nomination bid. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like he's doing that Trump speak thing where he he's not outright saying it's a hoax because he can't do that. Right. And this is this is his pattern of speech um, that I always talk about. That's like this is more convoluted and involved and intelligent than people realize. But um, like he he is saying, oh, well, it might be being exaggerated to hurt my presidential campaign and stuff like that. The thing is, is his supporters are like crazy conservatives. A lot of them are like anti-vaxxers and shit already. And so to them, they hear that and they just immediately jump all the way to like hoax confirmed. Well, first of all, important to remember, Trump literally is an anti-vaxxer. The president of the United States Correct. is an actual legit anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Uh, and it's and also he, he put he put in charge of the uh, he put in charge of the outbreak team, Michael Richard Pence who famously fucked up dealing with a uh, an HIV outbreak in Indiana when he was governor. And his response to it was he said he would prey on it, which is also, always great. Does not believe in science at all. And by the way, this is the Pence thing is so obviously Trump has no loyalty. Uh, this is set up just for Pence it, to take the it's, fall. It's obviously, fall. It's obviously right. a fall guy. Right. It's obviously yes. a, whoops, yep. he's my vice president. And, and actually, if it's a perfect political move if you don't give a shit about your vice president. And right? he, of course, does not give a shit about anyone. He, he, he would doesn't. be glad to just replace Pence, even if he goes into like another four years of being president. He would just replace Pence, probably oh, anyway. Yeah. Like, he doesn't give a shit. He would just yeah. go to the convention, go to the convention and be like, Pence is not doing a good job. Uh, put yep. Nikki Haley in there. Uh, we'll have the first female vice president and we'll have uh, woke points. By the way, uh, Nikki Haley's woke points uh, outweigh Elizabeth Warren's woke points, but uh, I won't. Unfortunately, won't even, <laughs> and I won't even go. Cont there. Continuing on the theme of um, who is in charge of the response to this, Mick Mulvaney and Treasury Se Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin are also in charge of this, which really shows you why they're concerned about the virus. They're concerned about the virus because it could impact the economy. It's all about the grip. Right. It's all about the grift. It has um, nothing to do with all the people that are going to die, especially because they can't even afford health care, so they don't even go see the doctor. Like, I mean, you know, we all talked just a little bit ago about the statistics. I wonder if that 15% of people 80 plus has any kind of accounting for actually seeing the doctor or not, because it uh, could be no. much worse 
in a country like ours, we're seeing the doctor as something that a lot of people just put off indefinitely in favor of like, well, maybe I'll get better. I, I got to see how long these symptoms last and, you know, decide if it's economically and worth. I mean, say what you say, what you will about Chinese, say what you will about Chinese authoritarianism. But like it can be argued that the fucking shuttering of an entire province of China did somewhat lead to less spreading of the virus. And it's something that the U.S. never, ever could have done. Not that I'm justifying authoritarianism. Oh, you or sound like Bernie right now. Oh, but the they're really of... good at controlling diseases. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, I mean, just you, why you don't you, you and Bernie and Fidel about. just get in a boat? You know what I'm yeah. talking about in the sense <laughs> that if this started in the U.S., we would not be in nearly a good shape. Um, It's so funny. Uh, you guys... I kind of agree with Trump. You all said, save us President Xi. You said it over and over. You memed it into reality. So now Xi has made a bioweapon targeted at our older Americans that are just statistically likely to vote for Trump. And um, and Trump has correctly identified that the Democrats are behind this. Um, and we've got to... Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Damn it, Brandon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to get back to like assigning Mike Pence to this for a second. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Because can you remember anything else that Mike Pence has been assigned to during this presidency? And we are news junkies who like read every Trump tweet. Yeah. What has Mike Pence done? Banka Trump has been assigned to more shit than Mike Pence has been assigned to. Literally. Literally. Ivanka shit. has gotten way more shit. Fucking Eric Trump, Don Jr., all these motherfuckers have had way more shit going on. Mike Pence, like, the last thing I can even think of that he did was he went to the the, the border camps and pretended like, you know, he was uh, uh, on the right side of the law and he was the, the new marshal in town Ridiculous. or whatever he was yeah. doing. It's, it's incredible how little Michael Richard Pence does. So for Trump to assign him to this is just like, Trump doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to deal with it. Um, Y'all might remember, who listened to the show, my theory that Trump just could not handle, like, a war with Iran in terms of, like, literally, like, he could not do all the meetings and paperwork and briefings and shit. It's like we were talking about when the whole thing with Venezuela was happening. Trump just... the bored. The... the the U U.S. foreign policy is like it's like it's a gun, and it can you can shoot off any part of the world that you want, but it takes a while to focus it and to make sure you're aiming at the right thing, and to, you gotta have patience to know when to fire it. And Trump just doesn't have the patience to utilize American foreign policy effectively because he just he he gets bored. So like, yeah, it just seems like this coronavirus thing is just yet another thing that like, you know, when I was saying that Trump has like a type of intelligence earlier, it's like, I want to be clear, he has a type of intelligence. He's also really like fucking ignorant and like unwilling to take in information in his own ways, too. And so like, this is that this is the 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 dark side of the Trump mind in effect right here at work is just like he is not capable of handling a situation like this. And so he just passes it off onto Mike Pence as a fall guy and just kind of like washes his hands of it. And it's just the most pathetic move, honestly. First of all, let me say it is pathetic, but it's also unambiguously like positive that Trump is too bored to do war in Iran, to do a coup in Venezuela. Like if Marco Rubio had been president during this shit, trust me, there would be troops in Venezuela 
Marco Rubio and we Juan Guaido. We coups by now. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Like, some of you folks that are, like, 10 years younger than me and Kennedy and are, like, 18 and Hi. 19. Yeah, like, this person right here. Just don't know how bloodthirsty the Republican Party is. They fucking love to kill people, man. Um, it's the John McCain. It's the John McCain kind yeah. of personality. Yeah. So, like, the fact that Trump won't go to meetings and there hasn't been the same level of, like, extreme foreign policy adventurism that you've had with literally every Republican president during my lifetime. And, by the way, I say this while we're, like, at war in, like, five places and just dropping bombs everywhere, which really shows how skewed fucking everything is in regards to empire but it could be so much worse um and when it comes to pence uh he is just so obsequious obsequious uh like don don jr was on twitter today talking about how yeah the democrats just want millions of people to die it'll help them get reelected. and so they asked pence about it because he's doing media rounds because he's trump's point man mike pence is the point man on the coronavirus um and he can't say anything about it like he can't contradict the prince so they ask him and he's like well this isn't a time for politics he won't say like do democrats want people to die well this isn't the time for that like he can't say like no that's not the case we're all united or whatever i wish that like democrats the, had the fucking discipline the, the, that the clinton the clinton trump debates were fucking bombastic and insane because of all of the things that trump said but can you remember a single thing out of the Kane Pence debates. <laughs> Actually, I remember the Kane. I, I remember the Kane Pence debates really well because Tim Kane was super aggressive. He slammed Trump over and over again on his policies, and he asked Pence, "Will you affirm this policy?" And Pence would just laugh at him and just ignore it. And Kane really overreached, and he looked like he was trying too hard. At the end, he had a point because he was like, I've done this five times and Pence won't like verbally agree to anything that Trump said. And if he won't do it, then you shouldn't either. It was like when they were brainstorming it, it was a good trap. But what actually happened was, and this is just me being a nerd, over the course of the debate, Kane was trying so hard and Pence just kind of like laughed at him that it didn't really hit as hard as it could have hit. It's and, it's the it's the classic tweet. Ah, how will old Donnie get out of this jam? Right, he wiggles ah, out of it easily. Nevertheless, well, nevertheless, nevertheless, that was the debate. Yeah, I do remember the the Kane Pence debate because I'm a dork, but the average person probably would not remember it because Tim Kane has no charisma. Um, he doesn't seem to be uh, like an evil person, but he has no like national political qualities. It was an afterthought on the ticket. Correct. Of course, Hillary did win Virginia, and seeing as how bad, badly she did in typical Democratic states, maybe she would have lost Virginia too. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like some staffer proposed to her that she should put Bernie as the vice president, and then she immediately fired that staffer, Absolutely. and then went to a random number generator to randomly pick a uh, Democratic congressman, and then put him on the ticket. I'm glad I'm happy for Bernie that that Hillary didn't ask him because he might have felt obligated to accept and it would have been miserable for him uh, being ignored and treated like shit for four years. Instead, he hit the streets, started yeah. doing picket lines and shit, and he's much better off. Um, yeah. I love that Hillary didn't even throw folks a bone. Not only did she not throw 
um, our she people was so convinced. She was so convinced of her own right to be president. Her own. I, it was an obligation of the country that she was president in her mind. So she thought, well, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to work for this. I don't have to campaign in the Midwest. Fuck that. I'm just gonna fucking talk to. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Oh, all of this. I am owed the presidency. I hate to. I hate to derail this conversation about Mike Pence and talk about Hillary, but. You guys, like Hillary's fatal flaw, she genuinely thought she was equivalent to Obama. She thought that she Obama, did. she thought Obama had the Midwest on lock and he had black voters on lock, that, that unprecedented enthusiasm. And she thought 100% with every drop of her body that she would inherit all of that because like Obama was equivalent to her. Um, right. The idea like that Obama, would... Obama built a machine and because she was the rightful heir to the democratic throne, she would inherit that machine without any effort. Nope. Obama, for better or worse, y'all say what I know, Obama mixed record on the left, but those people in the Midwest really liked his centrist waffling demeanor. And obviously black folks were extremely excited to have a black man as president. Nobody, like five years before he ran, thought that would ever happen in anybody's lifetime. Um, it should never be understated how like amazing that was for the psyche of Black America, um, because you know whatever we thought that was impossible. Um, but yeah, Hillary thought she was Obama. It turns out, no, not true. Yeah. Oh, oh, and the thing that bums me out about the Hillary VP selection is I don't think that she even had confidence in her own political ideology because. If you're Hillary, why not pick a woman vice president? Why not pick Elizabeth Warren? Because that would have, yeah. at the time, I mean, Elizabeth Warren was seen as like Bernie light, but in a positive way. Like if you right. couldn't get Bernie, Warren's fine too. People would have been happy and about Bernie it. Bernie was encouraging Warren to run, but she refused. So Bernie and, ran. Yeah. And of course, Liz Warren always, I hate to derail again, but always holding out for that VP spot, hoping the establishment will pick her and, and see her as a good compromise. But they actually hate her as much as they hate Bernie. They don't believe in compromise. They believe in fucking ruthless, unmitigated power, um, which she's going to learn again in a couple of months when she does all this shit for Joe Biden and Joe Biden picks somebody else instead that has more woke points than her. Um, but uh, yeah, it, she couldn't even commit to her own identity. What about Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine fits the Hillary Clinton brand, aside from they're both like kind of mushy? It's ridiculous. Not a, not at all. There's so many people she could have picked, honestly. Um, just in terms of like sort of milk toast women in Congress and Senate that like man up and man up and pick a woman. That's your brand. That literally yeah. that was your brand. Your entire her campaign slogan was "I'm with her." Like Tim Kaine is he a part of that thing that I'm with? Because. That doesn't seem to fit the slogan. He's that you with just her, fed but me. not her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it just, it made it feel like. Tammy Duckworth. Uh, she could have picked Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth. She could have picked Tammy Baldwin. She could have picked a lot of people. Perfect, moderate Democrat woman with tons of woke points and like. Disabled veteran. Like, woke jackpot i mean like that ticket would have been like hillary could have been like yeah we're two powerful firebrand women it probably would have done a lot for her campaign i'm not even kidding yeah whatever probably we're, we're over all it. right let's move let's, on. let's this, okay let's next go back topic. to the How? shitty vice president that we currently have let's talk about him wait oh, hold yeah. on hold on before we do that uh, how yeah. would tim kane have handled the coronavirus oh god first of all we know that we would have gotten the disaster relief 
instructions in English and in Spanish, which Me is always good. Donde está la biblioteca? Absolutely. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. But seriously, um, the coronavirus situation is going to hurt poor people disproportionately. And the current response of the Trump administration has been to put people in charge who will never give a shit about poor people suffering and like not even slightly like some of like there are people he could have picked that would be like yeah i'm an asshole but i care a little bit about this problem the people he picked are like are like nope don't care at all who are the republicans well all right who are the republicans that are kind of assholes but would do a good job on this that would be acceptable for trump maybe john Kasich. i mean i don't want to say that anyone would do a good job but a, i think a that decent job as a human I, being I, I, I yeah, think a the, better I think job fundamentally, fundamentally the problem is that like Trump is approaching this from a tack of I want to be reelected, so I want the economy to still be there. And you could you you could hear you could hear this very clearly. And when he first started talking about coronavirus and impacting America, he was like, "We're going to consider things like um, lowering taxes as a way to mitigate the effects." A psycho. It, they yeah they don't care about the people dying they just he also want, he literally the, they just want TV. the number to go up because if number go up then people good which means vote more for Trump yes he literally got on TV also and said we're gonna put all this public funding into researching coronavirus but the vaccine probably won't be free like go fuck yourself doesn't matter that you're paying for it with tax yeah. dollars and and I've been reading about people that are being charged for their stay in isolation. What, 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 the fuck are you gonna, what the fuck are you supposed to do? You're supposed to be like, no, I can't afford this. I'm going to spread this virus. Everybody in America, like, listen, we've built an entire culture based on self-interest to the detriment of society as a whole. Nobody's rooting for the coronavirus. I, like, I'm hoping that it's like the caravan and that in fucking August, we've all forgotten about this shit. But... Uh, I do think that it would just be such a fucking harsh lesson about fucking individualism that all of these low wage workers are going to be like, well, nobody's paying my bills. I got to go into work regardless of whether I'm coughing, sneezing, whatever. And the managers are going to say, well, look, I don't like I got to get these hours filled and here's who showed up today. So they're not going to give a shit because otherwise that manager has to fill in. Right. They're not going to do that. For years, um, company for decades, companies have been lean staffing, deliberately understaffing to, to cut labor costs. Like they could be putting people on shifts such that and hiring more people such that you wouldn't run into a problem where if one person can't come to work, then it's not an issue. But all we care about is fucking money. So we're entering into these staffing arrangements employers are where if one person is unable to come to work, then the entire business grinds to a halt. So you can't have people missing work, which means that people are going to get sick with the coronavirus and they're going to be like, oh, fucking, I can't, I can't do anything about this. I can't afford isolation. I can't afford not going to work. And then it spreads. We may wish to come back to, to retail work, which is the majority of our work now, retail and service work. I want to also go to an issue that uh, doesn't get talked about and can be potentially really dangerous, which is children, because like kids have to go to school, like state mandated, like truancy, all the other shit. You've got to go to school. And let me tell you who does not have hygiene. Have you ever seen a five? When was the last time y'all interacted with a five-year-old child? Uh, Fucking noses are always running. 
I don't know what it is about that age that when you're in kindergarten, first grade, you just have fucking snot everywhere leaking all the time. Um, that's not good. Like if you're talking about a like lick your hand, grab a crayon, pass it to the kid next to you. I mean, come on. Like we, I was a kid Uh, once I remember, (laughs) you know, like children are fucking nasty. They spread disease. And if this gets to a point where like a school has to be closed, all right, where does that go? Cause the parents now have to stay home, right? Like, is there an economic effect? They have to find some kind of way to provide the child with, like child life yeah in very much in quotes here because a lot of times for poor people child care is well your older brother's eight Uh, i guess that's old enough for him to watch you you have an older sibling or a grandmom or a relative and i mean that can fill in for a few days i mean because you know they all know the parent has to work they're all in the same family um i feel like but I also feel like people are maybe more isolated than they were in like the 80s or 90s in terms of just their physical location. I mean, like how many of y'all live ne- near your parents or your auntie that could come and take care of your kid if you have one? Probably not many. Yeah. I feel like the right. United I mean, a lot of people have just taken the mentality that they have to be willing to just move their anywhere for no, opportunities exactly, and exactly. shit like that. It's and the so, kind of mindset that conservatives glibly uh, say and people are like, I can't afford to, I can't afford to live in my city anymore. And they're like, well, well you, you should just, you should just move to the fuck ass Midwest into a tiny town and also learn to code as if these things are mutually acceptable and possible. Right. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. And so people are, you know, they're, they're scattered around the country. You know, they first they leave home to go to college somewhere away from family. And then from there, it's just an easy step to just be like, well, I'll just move to yet another city to take this job. And so like, yeah, how many people live anywhere near where they grew up? And not that you should have to, but I think a lot of people would choose to be around friends and family if they could and most people just don't have that choice you have to go wherever the work is yeah so it's absolutely true and i kind of just feel like our culture is not suited to deal with a pandemic in the way that china is oh of course not hopefully it doesn't become hopefully it doesn't get to that level like there was um it doesn't yeah. I was I was reading about there's an outbreak and um and this is pretty fun actually. Uh, so there's an outbreak in a senior life center, which is uh, less than half a mile away from my old high school. So that's fun. Uh, and there have been some geneticists working on synthesizing the virus in that outbreak. And it's very similar to the original viruses from like a month and a half ago, which probably means that the virus has been spreading undetected in Washington for about six or seven weeks, which is terrible. Fantastic. Like, that's, that's always fun. Es- estimates, uh, the people that were synthesizing it estimated that there's probably a few hundred cases in Washington right now. And confirmed cases are six. So we got a lot of way to go. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, and again, like this is going to hurt the working class and the response so far by the Trump admin has just been money, 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 money. So it's, oh. it, it, it is like, I mean, we've made a lot of jokes, but honestly, this is a very upsetting situation. And, and this is like, if you ever needed to be fucking convinced of Medicare for all, this is the moment. This is the goddamn moment. You need to look around at the situation that we're in with this many desperate people 
like about to probably like without even trying to spread this disease all over the fucking place yeah. and realize that like if we had Medicare for all, this shit would not be happening in the same way. People would be in the doctor day one with their symptoms much more readily. And, and this shit would be getting researched faster. The cures would be coming out for free. Like, there would be none of this bullshit. Like I said, yeah. it's my hope that uh, this is like like the bird flu or something. And, it, and like 10 people die from it. And it's out of the news in a month. And then at the end of the year, we're like, remember when we were all talking about the fucking coronavirus? The, corona, I think the, like the, the coronavirus, biggest, that the, was weird. I think that the best case scenario is, yeah, that it kind of evaporates, but that the effects that have gone on so far are pronounced enough to carry the economy downward because the economy has always, the economy always crashes. That's how the economy works. So it's going to happen sooner or later. And based on what happened last week on the stock market, things aren't looking too good, which endangers Trump's chances of nomination. But if you're thinking about this from Bernie's perspective, like the economy goes to shit and there is a big virus, which is a good motivator for seeing like, hey, you know that uh, outbreak that happened? We could have dealt with it a lot more if we had Medicare for all. I don't want I don't want anybody to fucking die or go broke. Oh, obviously. Um, in, obviously. in the name of winning that. an election. Although, I know like, that. I right, just like, I know. You're talking from, about just from, realities, right? From what's I know. already yeah. happened. Yeah, you're talking about it's inevitable shit. Happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, all of us like wish that everything would go great forever and nobody. But, you know, shit does go the way it goes. Shit goes downhill. Actions have consequences, all of that. Um, and one of the yeah, other you things. Can't, you can't just go back, wind back the clock to when the problem started and fix it. Like things don't work yeah. that way. We have to work with the state of the problem as it is, as which it is, is something a lot of politicians are struggling with. Not just on this, but on a lot of issues like, you know, and, and just a lot of people politically in general, I think, kind of struggle with this a little bit, especially if you lean towards like a conservative or neoliberal mindset, like you, you tend to be like, well, let's go back to the source and fix this problem. It's like, no, we, there's a problem that's happening right now. And the realities of it don't really have anything to do with that source necessarily. Yeah. And look, this isn't just about like the things that we've talked about like so far. There are like this is one of those issues that have so many effects, like racism being an effect. I mean, there have been like ethnic festivals and shit that are like Asian or Chinese that have been like shut down because there's like now a xenophobic paranoia around um, Chinese festivals and Chinese businesses or anybody from China. You know, you see a Chinese person with a cough. Do they have the coronavirus? And it feels like uh, like we're back in the fucking 80s with AIDS hysteria where it's just weaponized ignorance. We haven't learned from it or grown from it at all. Um, in fact, I know that uh, some social groups that I am in now are like intentionally trying to patronize Chinese restaurants now because they've actually had a, a drop in business over the last few, few weeks because of coronavirus. It's really wild. Yeah, it's that that sort of nonsense is just completely nuts. I mean, it's blaming the wrong people entirely for the problems. And it's just so typical of sort of shitty political attitudes where, you know, it's like, oh, there's no structural problems here. There's some individuals we should be mad at, which is just the the terrible 
mindset that so many people are in. It's always like how we blame people. Like it's how we, unfortunately, it's how the United States tends to respond to every fucking problem until there are no other options. Uh, it's always finding some external group to blame and never looking at structural problems. And it's a bummer. Um, yeah. The I other mean, I think shit like this is why we do this, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's this... what we try to do. Because there's so much media right now that's just feeding into coronavirus panic and is just feeding into xenophobia and is just feeding into like basically the Trump narrative to some extent about this virus. You know, like if you don't properly condemn things when you present them in media, then at a certain point, you are like supporting them somewhat. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that seems to be where we're at with some of this like re reporting on the coronavirus situation is that to a large extent, Trump's takes on coronavirus are being picked up and parroted by places like the Washington Post. And even if they're critiquing some aspects of it overall they're giving a pass to the concept that this is a economic issue that it's okay that the vaccine isn't free all of these things that we've discussed so far like the neoliberal media is just saying yes this is generally okay it's all about the number it's all about the number the number has to keep going up that's how this works um can I one one place where the numbers going down, y'all, is the fucking Corona beer. Corona beer has dropped thirty five percent. It's fucking <laughs> literally wild because people don't want to. Americans drink. are so dumb. <laughs> like like the Corona. Like okay, to to what extent do y'all feel like it's genuine stupidity? And like I'm in advertising, so people. It's super weird. People can choose to buy or not buy something for extremely frivolous reasons, like the typeface of a headline or whether your headline is red or orange, like people will just subliminally not do it. So maybe they aren't worried about getting the coronavirus, but they just think of the word coronavirus when they see Corona beer and they feel bad. And so they're like, damn, bummer. Let me get a Budweiser. America, yeah. It's like, it's like the same thing as um, there's been a hard hit on Chinese restaurants now where they're getting in very decreased traffic because coronavirus is seen as like a Chinese thing. And so obviously right. all, ch all Chinese people have it. We, we, we literally just mentioned that and our, uh, some of my social groups are intentionally going to Chinese restaurants now because our $20 is really going to fucking blow. Which is, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's Praxis. Yeah, I think um, it's it's wild in terms of um, bigger, like real economic impacts. The um, the Chinese producers management index came out yesterday, I think, which showed that uh, at the very least, the economy is not headed for a good shape globally because the PMI was 35 down from 50. And basically what the producer management index is is it's how much did the economy change from last month? And in February, it declined 30%. All manufacturing in China did, which is not good if you consider how much, um, how much comes from China. And it's why Trump has been trying to get the Fed to do whatever it can to slow the economic effects, but it can't because this is not a, this is not a crisis that exists in the fake world, the fake economy of numbers and computers. This is actual less products are being made and you can't print money out of a supply side problem, 
which is why we're probably going to be heading for a pretty bad depression in quarter three and in, in quarter two and quarter three. And that's going to suck for a lot of people because, you know, when the number goes up, the rich get richer. But when the number goes down, the rich get marginally less rich. But all the rest of us uh, eat shit. I actually I want to disagree a little bit. Because I feel like the economy hasn't changed for me since 2008. I will confess that in 2008, I felt the effects of recession then. But in the current context of the economy as it stands, I feel like the entire talk of recovery has been a lie, um, that it has only affected rich people, yeah. that poor people have been suffering. And, and honestly, I want to say this too, even the 2008 thing, I was in a particular position to be affected by that. And what I'm really saying is I was in a position of privilege right before the economic recession of 2008. Um, for people that were already in the situation that I was in after that recession, nothing changed for them then. Yeah. And I think the belief that this, it's like the belief that the stock market crash actually affects people at a certain point, it's giving in to the idea of job creators. It's giving oh. into some of these concepts because yeah. like, I, I just, it's I, not I, real. I, I know. And that's kind of what I was talking about in that. Sure. Sure. Trump and the Fed can print money and do repo operations to salvage the big number that it, the the big number on the corner of the street in New York City but they can't salvage themselves out of Chinese manufacturing is down 30%. Correct. Which I I know I know a lot of people that their workplace is being affected because they they're not getting replacement parts or their supply chains are being disrupted. Somebody I know um one of their uh, one of the things they make for their doohickeys, one of the components, they moved it from China to Italy. Wow, which is uh, unlucky. That's not good at all. But yeah, the number is going to go down, but that's more just in effect of the establishment, the economic establishment being unable to continue reconciling the fake world of the big number and the real world of people's jobs, livelihoods, and economic supply chains. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, we're not in real disagreement here. I just kind of uh, want to make the point, though, that like people have become so extremely divorced from the realities of the work that they do that like it, it would take some real structural change for these numbers to actually affect most working class people. And I just like I get a little annoyed with like not you, but like people on Twitter, <laughs> you know, that are like, you should be upset that the number going down. And I'm like, but why? Why should I be upset that these things that have been completely deprived from me like i don't have credit i don't have loans you know most working class people we don't actually have these things and if we do it's because we bought into a hope that maybe we could like get in like on i i take like somewhat of a days. twisted pleasure in watching the number go down because it means that that fucking fake economy that I will never be allowed access into and never be allowed the benefits of is falling down. Exactly. Their, their world is crumbling. The center is crumbling. Ever since 9-11, the fake fantasy world of neoliberalism has been falling apart at the seams. And this is another blow to it. And I can't help but relish in the feeling. If that. we could afford houses, if we could afford cars, if we could, you know, if we could afford 
to like send our kids to school or even have kids, maybe this shit would matter more. But like in the in 2020, the young working class is so far divorced from this shit that like, yeah, just implying that it should even matter to us is just like sometimes it just kind of makes me mad because it's just like, get real. Come look at how we're actually living. Yeah. And it, it, it yeah, reminds and me of, uh, it reminds me of, uh, I went canvassing yesterday and I talked to a Trump voter that I swung to be a Bernie, uh, a Bernie voter. And he was talking about, yeah, you know, the numbers gone up, but in practical terms, the economy hasn't been affected too much by what Trump has said or done. Rent keeps going up and people can't afford it. So I, I don't know. And I, I tried to play off of, because this is a big demographic that Bernie is going to be able to swing people that are burnt out of politics and think no change can be done. So we might as well vote for the incumbent because things haven't gotten worse. Have they? They kind of have. Yeah. I mean, the things haven't gotten, the rate of change of things getting worse hasn't gotten worse. Things are, things are always getting worse, but the slope hasn't changed. Yeah. But that's, I think, yeah, that's very, it's really all, but I think that the twenties, are going to be defined increasingly by the crumbling of the fake world of neoliberalism and people realizing that we don't have to go along with it anymore and we don't have to cheer when the number goes up. Yeah. Um, okay, I know that this is like we've gone all over the place. I kind of want to go back for a second, though, and talk about Corona beer. Because <laughs> I, oh, I yeah, didn't sure. brought that up. Sure, and it was sure, actually, sure. I thought it was kind of interesting. But then we got into like even more philosophical stuff and I didn't want to just drag us away from it immediately. Um, But the Corona beer thing, I just want to say this because uh, like, okay, so y'all remember when Ebola was the big virus in the news, right? Yeah. The big disease that everybody was worried about. Um, So I'm going to struggle to bring this all together, but I've made this point before that modern racism is less technical and defined by cultural attributes than racism of the past and that it's more vague colorist and just sort of like doesn't really have a lot of like sort of quote unquote logic behind it obviously the logic behind scientific racism was flawed but it still gave the people who believed in it a argumentative base that sounded reasonable to some people modern racists cannot even articulate things in that way they're just angry and hateful and just everybody who's part of the categories that aren't what they think are good is bad. And so when Ebola was, uh, when the Ebola breakout was at its worst, I was still living in the South in North Carolina. And I remember traveling to Tennessee and I uh, saw these people holding a sign over a bridge that said, stop Ebola close the mexico border jesus christ that's actually happening now i mean i feel like i feel like if trump if trump introduced the chinese exclusion act people would be cheering for it there would definitely be people in his base that would support it and and so the point that i'm trying to make is that this whole corona okay go ahead go ahead yeah Trump is literally sending people to Mexico, the Mexican border right now for this coronavirus. I don't know if y'all know that, but he's literally taking action on the Mexican border right now as we speak. So you guys saying that that's dumb is like a joke. That's repeating itself. No, I'm not saying it's a joke at all. But what I'm saying is that stuff like the Corona beer thing, I think it's literally some of it is unconscious, like you said, but some of it is just racism. Because the thing is, is that 
the the modern American racist, it's all the same. People in China having something going on, uh, Latin American folks coming across the border, uh, black people, you know, being oppressed in this country and asking for something to be done about it. It's all the same to them. And so, like, you know, they hear coronavirus, that name has corona in it. It comes from a foreign place. This foreign beer is bad. It's an easy jump for these type of racists to make. Racism and xenophobia are always pretty closely tied in. It's true. Yeah. I'll not run into a lot of people who are really xenophobic, but not racist. That's very <laughs> rare. Yeah, and you rarely meet a modern American racist who, uh, I would say the exception to what I'm about to say is like Arabic people, because that's like its own special category of hate in America that even a lot of like liberals engage in. But um, but in general, you don't meet a lot of modern American racists who are like, I'm just racist towards this group. It's like you ask them, you know, they say, well, I hate black people. You ask them, well, do you also hate Chinese people? Hell yeah. You know, like they don't have yeah. like a like clearly defined, like specific racist values that only apply to certain people. And again, I would say the exception to this, like I said, is like Arabic people, because that is its own type of prejudice in America that is different. There are some people who will pretend to like Asian people as a tool to attack uh, black and Latino people, of course. Of course. But we know that these exclusionary mentalities that are fascist and racist will always simply throw those people under the bus later of course like they're right. they are always ready to be thrown under the bus for some other thing at a certain time yeah it's yeah, not yeah. that they actually respect asian people and are like these, I'll, these people I'll will be okay yeah. It's, yeah it's just they're they're towards the back of the list that's all <laughs> yeah. um so yeah it, I, do I, we have more to say i don't know i don't think so <laughs> uh, hey you got anything else uh not really this has been a bit of a shorter episode than we typically do but i think i think we said what we wanted to say we covered a lot of ground it was fun i had fun i mean i think the goal was to sort of t to point out that there are these ties in this whole media cycle around this between economics and racism and all these different factors that aren't really being explored when you just pull up the wapo article about death statistics or things like that and you know up big part of the goal of this show is to examine media narratives that we find questionable. <laughs> and this is one that we definitely find very questionable right now. And it's not just Trump, it's the whole thing. So I think we covered yeah, it. Yeah, we have been uh, faithfully not safe for wonks. Leia Rose. That's right. And if you love the content that we make, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at NSF Wonks. We're tweeting all the time, every day. And please also uh, take a moment to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash not safe. We have a lot of exclusive content that we put out over there as a thank you to the people that support us. Right. And the people that support us make this possible and make it possible for us to not just do the show, but to expand the show because there are a lot of things that we would like to do that we cannot do until we have more money. We make roughly one episode a week. I mean, you guys already get three episodes a week, you greedy fucking pigs. But the, uh, <laughs> the need for content never dies. It never ends. It's never extinguished. So I know what you want. You want more fucking content. So we try to make one exclusive episode per week just for the Patreons, just for patrons. And by the way, we're not just on Patreon. We have also just started an Instagram. 
Instagram.com slash not safe media. Uh, so if you're not a Twitter person, uh, we are also going to be posting like our video clips and things like that on the Insta. We're also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash not safe media. I think I'm 90% sure. And like our memes and shit like that, that we do, we do memes like once every day or two and we, we post new shit there. So there's no reason not to be a part of the empire as it grows and it spreads and it conquers the internet wastelands. So thank you for watching. I'm Kennedy Cooper. Brandon Buchanan. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.